0: So we kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast. And away way roll Just a rebel to the world with no place to go So we kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast. So come and skate with me Just a rebel looking for a place to be So let's kick And push And coast. All right Noah Ferris, welcome to the podcast. How does it feel to be here?
1: Just really honored, happy to be here. I've been looking forward to this all week.
0: Really? You've been thinking <laughs> about it?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's much more fun than work, and I don't really get outside much these days.
0: So, no. Yeah,
1: it's been good.
0: Um, so I guess for I'll give a little background for how I know Noah. Me and Noah went to high school together. Um, We're obviously not going to talk about that because no one wants to hear about two guys reliving their glory days in high school. Um, But I guess, Noah, do you want to kind of give a brief intro to who you are to those that are listening that don't know you?
1: Well, so I, uh, yeah, like Avery said, I went to high school with him, though we didn't grow up in the same town like many of your guests, I think, have. Um, I'm from Essex. Oh, okay. Well, and, camp.
0: and Cam, and Cam, true. Camp.
1: But um, yeah. So I'm from Essex, which is basically the larger town that um, sends kids to the same high school. Avery and I went to. Um, I I think I met Avery in health class, uh, freshman year.
0: Yeah, health and health we- or study hall, one of the two.
1: Yeah, I think they were, like, both. It was, like, split. So we trolled around together. Um, I ended up playing lacrosse, My well, starting to play lacrosse my freshman year of high school, and Avery and the Westford boys were pretty pretty good with it, so kind of hung around with them. Um, Yeah, the rest is history, I guess, in terms of what I'm doing, what I'm up to these days. Uh, I live in New York with a couple buddies from college. I went to uh, William Mary down in Williamsburg, Virginia, and I am working in sort of the communications and advisory space, working hopefully working on a lot of like public affairs and political stuff for companies.
0: Very yeah. nice, very nice. So I guess you kind of <laughs> gave us two avenues there: New York and like your job. Um, I guess we'll, we'll start with the fun stuff. So, you've been living in New York for how long now?
1: Uh, just about a year and a few months. I moved in October of 2020.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, you've pandemic. Yeah. You've been there through like relaxing of things. And now, obviously, things are more strict now, at least from what I read, like in the media, you could probably attest to more um, like day to day life. I don't
1: trust the media. <laughs>
0: Well, take it with a grain of salt. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so how how has that been, like, living in the pandemic? Has it been weird? Uh, Like, how much different is the city? Because I've been there, I think, four times, maybe five times. But obviously living in it and being there every day, um, what what are some things that were kind of different or, like, shocked you about living there versus just visiting the city?
1: Yeah, so I don't – I mean, I – interned in the city going into my senior year
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you know when you're an intern you're like you don't really get the full experience I think I mean you're there for the summer and there's a ton of other interns in the city and it kind of just feels like not summer camp but like you know your summer is you're, you're spending a few months there you're not really you're really planting your roots down but when I moved in October, it was mostly because I was just like sick of living with my parents and also my two friends who are both older were move, had already moved out of their apartments in the city and were hoping to get into a place in October. So I thought it was a good opportunity to live with some people I knew because I thought at the time, you know, I'd have to eventually go down there for work and be in person. turns out, My entire first job, I never had to go into the office, so I was paying New York City rent for no particular reason. But (laughs) um, with that being said, it it was definitely, like, noticeably more quiet when when I first got here. Um, I didn't have really anything to reference it off of, but living with two guys who had been in the city since they graduated, so two and three years... um, you could kind of tell that they were a bit bummed that you know New York City nightlife and just general things were not in full swing and then it got cold but you know towards the spring march april you know of 2021 of 2021 things really started to pick up again and you know in my experience it was like covid didn't exist which was i don't know probably not the best of things but uh it was fun. Honestly, almost too fun. But now it's, uh, it, it, since then, it really, even with the new variant, it doesn't really seem like things are dying down or getting more strict
0: at all, really. So everything's just kind of the same. I mean, that's what I've kind of experienced, like here in Boston and like going around different places. Like people have kind of like been like, all right, this is enough. Like, we kind of just have to like live with this or else. I mean, it's just going to keep happening. Um, yeah, but I totally. don't want to get into a big COVID discussion here. Um, <laughs> you're not sick of f- talking about it. <laughs> we're more <laughs> focused on you. Um, so, so yeah. So I mean, what do you, I, you're, I guess you were talking about like the nightlife and other stuff like that. What is like kind of, I mean, not the typical cause I'm sure it's, it's a bunch of stuff. Um, but like, what is it, is there, I guess, have you felt yourself like almost getting burned out from like doing so much all the time and like you're tired or is it just you're able to rest and not feel that?
1: Yeah, no, I like as of fairly recently, I'd say the last like one or two months, I've definitely felt sort of like burnt out i mean i think like the typical thing is like you know you go out with your buddies and uh friday and saturday night and i think that the biggest differentiator with new york is that like you know typically i go out especially in my like, college you know the latest to really staying up is like 2 a.m when the bars close and you're going home but like in new york the bars do not close at 2 so if you're with a group of guys and like some of them want to stay, typically what ends up happening is everyone stays. Yeah. Um, so you like get <laughs> home at like four in the morning. And um. I mean, that's fine. Like, I don't really mind staying out that late, but then you just kind of realize like, oh shit, like you just spent most of your Saturday and Sunday being hungover and tired. And then like, you have to go work another week and you're just like not very recharged. So like recently I'd say I've been trying to, Keep a bit of a lower profile, maybe, you know, only going out once a week if I'm going to. The other thing is just so expensive that it's like, I don't know, it's pretty easy to justify, at least for me, not going out all the time. The FOMO isn't that real.
0: Yeah, because when you're (laughs) you're dropping a lot of money on drinks and then, like, like you said, you're hungover and wasting like an entire day the next day, there is always that like risk reward of it um and yeah and and alcohol certainly has that um (laughs) factor and now we're getting i don't know if you've experienced this but i i almost get like two-day hangovers now like especially on saturdays if i'm like up late like on monday i'll still kind of have like a dry mouth and like just like feel like a little off
1: yeah no i definitely definitely experienced the two-day hangover honestly like i feel like this three-day hangover is like a thing too like, i just like feel like i don't fully recover at least especially like mentally like i'm not thinking mm-hmm. straight for a couple of days after just being an idiot on the weekends <laughs> which is like fine but especially when i'm starting like a new job it's just a bit stressful to be like oh it's monday morning i have a ton of shit to do and like my brain is functioning at you know fifty
0: percent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's a great transition. Thank you for doing that. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about your um, new job? Uh, maybe explain why you wanted a new job because um, there might be people listening to this that have a job and they maybe want a new job. So maybe talk about how you landed this new one.
1: Sure. Yeah, and I mean, like, I would preface it by saying, like. I feel like everyone's quitting their job. So that definitely made it feel a bit easier because right around the time I was quitting my old job, there was all these articles about like the great resignation and Mm -hmm. and how everyone's leaving because I don't really know. I didn't read any of the articles, but saw the headlines. So anyways, um, yeah, so I started this company the same one I interned with um, after my junior year. And, like, it was fine. I thought it was sort of challenging and interesting work, but uh, (laughs) I don't know if I really want (laughs) to divulge that much. Um, It was just not for me, like, sort of a bad culture for me, at least. Mm -hmm. And um, I was working on a lot of financial things like that, and um, I just, like, wasn't really happy and not really enjoying the work. And then I got reached out to by a recruiter at a fairly similar company in terms of what they do, albeit they're much larger and they sort of have a different, like, different and more pra- uh, practice areas or practice groups. Um, one of them being sort of this public affairs offering, which sort of works with clients to navigate sort of the regulatory and political um, environment down in DC um so that was like a really interesting opportunity to me so i interviewed and it it was like a pretty easy interview because like like i said like a lot of what they were asking about were things i was already doing so Mm -hmm. it wasn't me sort of explaining why other skills that aren't as applicable um could translate um and then the other part of it is i kind of wanted to move down to dc um because of the political stuff i'm always more interested in that than sort of business stuff Mm -hmm. for lack of better words um yeah and then just some people down dc
0: yeah um so were you interviewing when you're doing these interviews it was over like zoom and phone calls i'm assuming right yeah. So, yeah were, so was it during your work day or like were you doing it on like the weekends or do you take days off? How did that work? Cause I know that's like one thing that everyone, everyone when they're trying to find a new job, they're like, I don't know when to do an interview because I have a full time job.
1: Yeah. Like I think, I think I was fortunate. And maybe this is why some people are leaving their jobs is that like I just, if I had like an open block during my day, I could just hop on a Zoom for an interview. They were pretty flexible with, when I could interview with people. Um, So yeah, it was just Zooms mostly. Uh, And yeah, I mean, it it, it was a bit stressful just in the sense that like I had to prepare and I could sense myself growing less and less interested in doing anything at this other company.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And I was like trying to, you know, stay, say a good employee, be conscientious about stuff. But, um, you know, sort of trying to leave and and hoping it works out, but also keeping your options open in case it doesn't. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I wouldn't feel bad about that. That's definitely human nature. Like if you're like starting a new job and then you're only at this old job for like another week, I feel like things are bound to, um, I mean, you're bound to like kind of not slack off, but I just care a little bit less about that. Um,
1: yeah. Well, it's also just like I didn't want to be like saying no to things or like creating like a bad reputation for myself in case it didn't work out because I wasn't mm-hmm. all that committed to like finding a new job. It was yeah. mostly like this opportunity. Um,
0: Is everything okay?
1: Yeah, sorry, my someone's buzzing my door and it's obnoxiously loud, so I don't want them to really do it again. <laughs>
0: That's fine. That happens here all viewers, the time.
1: The listeners.
0: Um, um, yeah. So so you're in your new job. Um, you're more... Would you say, I mean, how long are, have you been in it? A month, you said? Yeah,
1: I started December 5th. So I haven't really been doing all that much up until like yeah. the last few days.
0: So you just spent nice. like, training and onboarding?
1: Yeah, I mean, the onboarding was the first, I think they technically said the first two weeks, like they said, you're not going to be put on into any client work for the first two weeks. Uh-huh. But in reality, it's, it was sort of because of the one I joined, it was really just like, okay, well, no one wants to do any work until the new year. So, uh-huh. from December 5th to you know, whenever the new year started, work-wise, um, I was pretty much relaxing, which was nice, and I, I should say I quit my uh or left my old job um on november 6th or something so i had like virtually a whole month to do nothing
0: that's very and then another
1: month to like not really have that much on my plate at work so
0: Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. very cool and so as far as like the culture and i mean i know it's only like a month or whatever in but you're enjoying the new culture more or just more happy about the work yeah,
1: I think, I think there's just, like, it's bigger, so and I think that's something I, I wanted. I didn't know I wanted, but now I'm realizing that it's, like, sort of helpful for me. And then the culture, I, I just think people are generally very friendly. One of the mm-hmm. things I was told when I was interviewing by, like, the office head, so, like, a pretty senior partner, was basically just, like, we try to keep it, like, low ego and no assholes, which... You know, I feel like a lot of people will give you lip service and tell you that, but it was just I thought I felt that it was meaningful because it came from her. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think people are like, you know, if they're trying to be formal and and sort of be buttoned up during interviews, they're they're not going to say that unless they really mean it. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's one thing that I really enjoy about my the company that I work for is that it's- our culture is just like awesome, and I like mess up and like if something's wrong and like someone will like apologize for not explaining it like thoroughly. (laughs) And like, I'm like, well, I probably should have been the one that like didn't like do that. But, um, it's just like, I feel like when you're working on something and you're working with people that are like that and the culture is good, like it doesn't really matter. The work necessarily doesn't matter as much. At least that's what I've found. Um,
1: yeah, Totally. And I also feel like well, I also like I feel because like, you work in like sort of like a marketing or like like a more creative like space too. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you you have to like sort of create like an environment where people are willing to like share their ideas and not be like, afraid of getting shot down. Um, otherwise, it's just kind of not enjoyable for you, and also not like the best of outcomes for the company.
0: Yeah, definitely. When you're yeah, when you're trying to be creative, it's hard when you're shooting down ideas because then people... Because, I mean, all the most creative things are like crazy thoughts at first and then you play it out and it becomes something like... I don't know what. I can't think of something off the top of my head, but um, something spectacular, so to speak. Um, oh, were you going to say something?
1: No, I was just going to say something ridiculous but then i realized it would just lead to further conversation i was gonna say like it's like nfts but i don't really want to talk about nfts
0: <laughs> <laughs> that that is i remember we talked about this when we were at home uh that the south park special i did see the part two of that oh
1: yeah <laughs> it's pretty funny i i think that was some of their best work in years they kind of fell off but i liked what they did i just wish they weren't all grown up. So. Was- yeah, uh, threw me off.
0: Uh, yeah, but yeah, I thought the the butters with the NFT stuff that was just hilarious. The the plus like uh everything was like max and plus. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, and yeah. and the yeah. chin diapers with the masks.
1: The obedience mask as mm-hmm. somebody said.
0: Mhm. <laughs> but that was just qu- quick tangent on South Park. Um but mm-hmm. going back to like politics and stuff like that. Um cuz that's not every with- it's not like I guess people are more involved in politics, so to speak. Now I guess you can say that in quotation marks because people just like follow social media and read headlines more now. Um, but I guess a lot of people don't necessarily divulge their like whole like career to that. So just mm-hmm. ca- I kind of want you to walk me through why you kind of headed down this path. Um, maybe like influences you had. I know that you were involved in student governments through high school and college. Um, But just kind of what got you into this space?
1: Yeah. So I guess I should know. It's like the work I'm doing is not um, like political in the sense that you're working for a certain politician or campaign. It's mostly on behalf of companies trying to, you know, advance some part of their agenda. A lot of times it takes a form of like, you know, X company is trying to acquire Y company Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Federal Trade Commission is concerned about it being, you know, anti-competitive or something. So either, you know, Company X will hire us to convince the FTC or politicians or persuade the those guys why it's not. Or, like, you know, Company Z, like a competitor, could hire us to, you know, advocate for why it is, uh, it is wrong. Um, but, yeah, I think generally... I, I've always sort of been interested in it. I think just sort of, like, the, the, the framework of it all makes more sense to me than sort of, you know, talking about financials and, and business decisions. Um, and it's, like, kind of a place where I feel like you can sort of deal with big ideas, but also implement them, um, you know, somewhat granularly. Like, a, there's a ton of people who are just, like, incredibly you know, knowledgeable about one specific policy and like they know the ins and outs of every law, but which sort of seems very minute, but then you realize, okay, well, they know how this all plays in and fits together. Um, so I think that's sort of what's drawn me to it. I also just think it's kind of more interesting <laughs> than, more than company earnings and things like that.
0: Yeah, more interesting than looking at like spreadsheets and getting on earnings calls and things like that yeah
1: yeah i mean it's i mean listen like my brother loves that (laughs) but i couldn't couldn't be amazed yeah and i like
0: i like that idea that you kind of said like the big ideas and then you're like able to like implement them um i think that is something that's kind of a cool aspect of like that field is that obviously you're working with like kind of larger it's almost like bigger than business so to speak like it's bigger than like a financial spreadsheet um and so is it like mainly acquisitions or is it like are there like other types of jobs i mean you don't have to get into like specific companies but
1: yeah no i mean no it's it's not just that uh i'd say just generally things regarding policy or regulations that are going to impact companies. So I think like the most visible one nowadays is sort of tech policy and sort of like, okay, well, how are we going to regulate Facebook or, or Meta or whatever it's called these days, and, or Uber, things like that. And, mm. you know, like politicians are always sort of trying to, you know, if, if people want that, they're going to start drawing up legislation. And um, I think what companies hire us to do is sort of tell them Tell those people the company's position in a you know persuasive and and concise and comprehensive way
0: yeah yeah and i do i do sometimes feel like it is like everyone kind of shits on politicians me included but it is like i mean to understand that if you're on the like say some tech regulatory committee and you're dealing with like all right how do we regulate like all these social networks And then you turn around and you have to, like, know everything about, like, Uber and, like, transportation. Like, there's so many things that, like, one human can only know about. And, like, I mean, even even if you're, like, an expert in social media, you might have no idea about transportation or something else, some other industry. And so it is important that there's people out there that are helping, like, these people understand what is happening.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think... And a lot of it is, like, I wouldn't... I don't even know. Like, I have barely even started. But I would imagine that a lot of it... A lot of the communications are not even, like, going directly to, you know, politicians themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, maybe, like, their staffers or helping, like, you know, lobbyists or whoever is actually interfacing with them sort of understand what they should say. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you're right. Like, I don't... (laughs) it's like I I just remember like during the Facebook hearings like all these old politicians asking these ridiculous questions (laughs) like I don't even remember what they are but I just remember it being so clear that they just like fundamentally didn't even understand how Facebook worked
0: Mm -hmm. and it's it's probably not like because again they're so I mean depending on the politician if they're doing like other things they might have not even like written those questions like they might have had some staffer write it, or like someone else, and like so. It's like it—it's a, I guess, a sharing of knowledge needs to happen more.
1: Definitely, definitely, it's an interesting system. When I, you know, definitely want to
0: learn more about. Mm. We shall see. What
1: I said. We shall see, though. Oh, not, okay. <laughs> I, the the thing about my company is like they do a ton of different things, and mm. like as. As it's, when you when you join, you know, as you know, a director or a partner, you kind of get hired to do one or two specific things. But the more junior you go, the expectation is that you know you work where you're needed. Obviously, you have interests, and they do their best to put you on it. Um, but you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. So I I've been doing stuff that isn't necessarily that. But I came on, and I'm moving to DC in the hopes of doing that more. <laughs>
0: cool 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 um so let's shift out a little bit about work uh, for people that aren't interested in that kind of stuff um you're an avid long distance runner um mm. i i'd like to talk about that um so you recently ran the new york city marathon uh congrats mm-hmm. you fit did you finish it i guess i never really asked you, if you i completely- did finish it and you didn't walk at all <laughs>
1: Did not walk. So I, think, I mean, there's a time where I like couldn't untie my shoe, so I was like <laughs> kind of cragging around for a couple of minutes while yeah. I frantically tried to figure that out. But no.
0: Um. But how is that? How, how do you feel? I uh, we'll talk about before, but like right after you cross the finish line, like what's going through your brain? How does your body feel? Like do you just want to sleep? Like do you want to keep running?
1: yeah no so one of the things I didn't really plan for but was like so obvious is that after running for that long it's like it's sort of like mindless like you're just sort of like in a in a groove and you're doing Mm -hmm. it obviously like you're getting tired and I started like cramping up at like mile 25 or so Mm -hmm. um but you could keep going like it's you're just kind of like in a different headspace, but then the second you stop, it's just like, it hits you all at once. You realize how like dead your legs are. Mm -hmm. And so you like stop and they like, it's like instinct to stop like dead on at the finish line. And most people try to like, at least around me, we're like trying to, you know, finish strong and not like walk through or slow down. But then like the second you cross, you're like, okay, God, like, thank God I'm done. Mm -hmm. And at least for me and, like, a ton of people around me, like, your legs feel like jello. So they, like, ha- they like have people at the finish line, like, thrusting wheelchairs at you in case you need to sit down. And I, I, I mean, I was not thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought about taking one, but then I was like, no, nah, I don't want to deal with this. Like, I'm just gonna, because <laughs> I'll, like, live stream, too. You can watch it. My parents are watching it. So, like, oh, I'm not really? going to get in Fuck. the wheelchair. Yeah, I think the wheel, I think the finish line is live streamed. <laughs> that's fine. um and then you sort of like walk down it's like this i don't know it's a road in central park and mm-hmm. they hand you those like little warmer like t- like blanket type things that you like they used to. i thought it was going to be like that aluminum foil type wrapping but they gave us something like a bit more sturdy and i think it's because like when you like are done with that you can like Get really cold because the sweat's evaporating um so they hand you that then they give you this like goodie bag with all this like fun stuff like gatorades and like protein bars and it's so just like so hungry Mm -hmm. that was great and then they give you your medal and then you're kind of just like left on your own to figure it out
0: (laughs) (laughs) wait and so when when what month was this in again
1: uh, this was like November, early November.
0: So it is kind of like, ch- like how cold was it out? I mean, I, I'm sure you don't remember the exact degree, but
1: um, I was maybe like 40 degrees. I wore um, like a t-shirt, um, lo- like those like long spandex and like shorts.
0: Mm and Uh-oh. do you is it like harder to run because I, I don't really run at all i just go to the gym um is it? Ho- ho- i mean obviously it's harder to run outside like when it's freezing but is like 40 degrees does that really affect you or no?
1: um no i mean I like the problem now is like it's so cold that i can't really run mm-hmm. it's just like painful. I think the biggest thing is like getting over like the like the ledge because like after you're running for like 2 miles, it's actually nicer. that It's a bit chillier. Mm-hmm. Um maybe it was like 50 degrees. I don't really know. But the first like 2 or so miles when it's like when you're cold and you're like not really warmed up, um it's just kind of miserable. So now if I go outside it's like 10 degrees, like I feel like most of my run I'm just going to spend being terribly cold like not enjoying it so i just don't really go i probably should
0: um and so is that like your main form of exercise is running like you you don't have a gym membership or i don't know if you do anything in like your apartment at all
1: um i'll occasionally do like push-ups and sit-ups but yeah it's like mostly the only way i exercise last winter i got a gym membership but I quickly realized, like, I just like, at least for me, it doesn't, I don't feel like I'm exercising because I'll like, you know, lift weights and then sit on my phone for a minute and then Mm. lift more weights. And like, you know, if I'm lucky, I'll break a sweat. Like obviously like you're doing things and it's productive, but at least for like with running, it seems like I'm exerting a bit more energy, which I need to do. Otherwise I'll go crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, so bring me through kind of like training for it because I, I I know that you've always kind of, um, like you've gotten into running. When would you say you like started getting into running?
1: I think definitely during like when I was still at school and in, uh, in Williamsburg. There's like not a lot of people there, but you know we had signed a lease for a house for an entire year, so I could stay there, and I was like, I'm gonna stay down here. With my girlfriend at the time and there's like not a lot to do so uh-huh. and i kind of like was like okay this is my last you know hurrah of being in school and you know williamsburg virginia is a very pretty place so i kind of just decided like okay i'm gonna go and sort of try to explore more and, and run with all this free time um and then i just sort of i don't know i always like i said like i did i liked running more than uh lifting weights and it was like a good time to like listen to like podcasts and stuff. So I I started picking up then. Um, But I never really had any like aspiration to do any like races or anything. Mm. Um, So I kind of just kept running a little bit and a little bit and like trying to do a bit more, not for any like particular reason. Um, And then my, at my old company, someone was on the board of this charity and, usually the way the New York city marathon works at least is like charities buy seats or spots or bibs or whatever you want to call them to gain entry. And then those people who get the the spot in the race have to like raise money. And so someone at my company sent out an email saying like, if anyone's interested in running, like we have a spot for you, you need to raise, I think it was like $3,000. Um, and you can run. so I, at first I was like, oh, like I don't really, I, it wasn't really running the marathon for me that was, Daunting. it was like i don't really feel like putting in the effort to raise three three grand um but like i talked to some people and they're like all right well if the reason you're not doing it's because you don't want to raise money you should yeah. definitely do it because you can <laughs> probably figure that out um so i and did not then
0: how long did you have to raise the money um i think that was like
1: in i want to say may may no may may i signed up right. in may Um, but I didn't really do anything in terms of raising money for a couple months. Um, Mm -hmm. I was very fortunate. Ben Ben being my brother, um, owns a company and they, the company donated a significant amount of money. And then one of his business partners donated a fair amount of money. And then the rest was just sort of crowd funded, Mm um, so I started training, I guess, then I didn't really have like a, a program or anything. I just kind of tried to like run a certain amount of miles per week, but I didn't really stick to it. And like, you're supposed to run, uh, like a long run, they say every weekend.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: like in between you run, you know, five to six miles. Yeah. Um, I didn't really do, I, I didn't do that because typically not feeling too great on Sunday mornings. Um, and I, don't know, I, di- I still did some of them. And so you're supposed to like lead up to 20 miles to like prepare yourself. And I did that, um, which was fine. Um, and yeah. And then in October, I kind of like injured my Achilles. So I just stopped running altogether. So I was actually pretty nervous about the marathon itself. Cause I hadn't really ran that far in over a month.
0: Uh, uh-huh but everything seemed to uh, work out. You finished. Did they give you like a, like you're in this top percent or something like that of when you finished?
1: Yeah, I think so. Let me check.
0: Do you remember um, like your full time?
1: Yeah, it was three thirty-eight.
0: 38. It was about like an
1: eight minute pace.
0: That's pretty good. Yeah.
1: I was, I was happy about it. I was,
0: that's really good
1: aiming yeah i I was aiming for uh for three thirty, but you know was still I was and but by the time I was like running it, I just wanted to finish so
0: yeah It <clears throat> was good well what is what's like the Olympic like world record
1: uh well, that was the other thing I like looked into people who are like nasty and there's one guy from Kenya mm. who he ran a sub two hour marathon. It wasn't sanctioned because like he basically had all the, he had all of the, uh, uh, you know, things running in his favor. Like it was like the best course they could find good temperature. Mm -hmm. And they were like swapping in and out of pacers to help him. And he had these these Nikes that were like ridiculous. Um, but I think like the fastest is like, you know, Two hours and a few minutes.
0: Yeah, I'm seeing here 2:06.
1: 2:06. What's the g- who did it?
0: Samuel Wanjuri. I'm probably, I'm did saying think- that wrong, but
1: no, no, it's 2:01 Berlin Marathon.
0: Oh really? By uh,
1: Kipchoge, which is the guy I was talking about.
0: Okay. Well, what I saw it was. Wikipedia, but yeah, I see on another website it's the other one.
1: Yeah, huh. this, the guy's crazy.
0: So what? You only have a half hour to shave off? No, I got an hour and a half to oh, shave an off. Hour and a half. Sorry, I was giving you more credit, than which you. is insane. <laughs> yeah. Is, well, the, so that so like is insane. <laughs> Jesus. I
1: know. It's like I think. Well, what's crazy is when you sign up that you start in waves, and. You know, the th- mm. I think I went in the second wave. I was like the slowest, you know, segment in the second wave. But the first wave is like 4.30 to 7.30, like average pace. So you just have guys running 4.30-minute miles.
0: That's just nuts to me. For like,
1: 26 I, miles.
0: I, don't, I, I mean, I certainly couldn't do a one-mile in that time.
1: No, I know. <laughs> I like, I tried. Because after I ran now, I was like, okay, I want to run another one. I want to see how fast I can do it. Yeah. I I don't really want to do that. Yeah. But I tried to run like a – because now it's like to get under three, you need to do like a 650 to a seven-minute pace. I forget what it is exactly. And just doing that for an extended period of time is exhausting. It's terrible. Like it's not (laughs) enjoyable at all. At least not for me. (laughs) I'm sure it's enjoyable for some people.
0: Yeah, well, I've – I think – I've heard, um, I forget the guy's name. I know there's like a couple of guys that are like super into it and they do like the ultra marathons, like, um, a hundred plus miles. And like that should just, cause it just dumbfounds me that there's people out there that do that stuff. I mean, it's just crazy. The like limits the human body can go when probably 90% of the people don't even like test them.
1: Yeah, dude. I, I was thinking about that the other day. I just watched this uh, documentary on Netflix. I think it's called like 14 Peaks or something along those lines.
0: I've been told and by it, a lot of people that I have to watch that. Oh, so really? there's another. I was, like,
1: yeah, add it, add it to the list, dude. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy because... So I guess there's 14 Peaks in the whole world that are taller than 8,000 meters. And the pr- someone has climbed all of them, but it took him like 17 years to do. And this guy did it in seven months. He was like climbing. He like climbed Everest, and then he no. He's I don't really remember the exact um, procession, but he climbed like one of these mountains, and then basically came down and hustled over to Everest and climbed that, and then was like and was like okay, what's next? He would do like three or four at a time, like within the span of days.
0: So he wouldn't like rest at all. He was just like, all right, I just did this well, one on to the next one.
1: It was, it was um, broken into like three segments, like the first phase, second phase and third phase. Okay, But I think, yeah, I'm sure he needed to rest, but also I, most of it was weather. Cause like what I think when you're climbing those mountains, you have like a very small window, like in the documentary, there's only like a two day window of the entire year to climb Everest. Is that it really that small? Maybe there's like multiple windows, but yeah, in that season, in there that was like season. two or three. Yeah,
0: I mean, that would make three. sense.
1: I could be completely wrong, but it seemed to make sense because there was like a there was like 200 people trying to climb Mount Everest. There was like a traffic jam because, you know, they all go on the same route.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I've heard. I, I've heard climbers say that before, that the reason like, Everest is so like dangerous, and so many people have died. Is because there's like when you add more people climbing the mountain, there's like more things that can go wrong. And when once someone does climb up, like that changes the terrain and that like alters mm-hmm. it. So people are more likely to like kind of mess with the I don't, I don't know what it was. What do you call it? One of the things that people fall down in, like caverns um. or. yeah yeah. yes fuck the word is but you know know what what i mean mean. like the giant Mm -hmm. like slivers of in ice and you just fall down and there's no way you can get back up
1: yeah it kind of pisses me off like especially with the everest thing because and this was like sort of one of the themes in the movie was that like all these nepali people like sherpas drag people up these mountains basically just you know for like an inst not like not actually for an Instagram, but like all these Westerners just want to climb Everest to say they did it. But Mm -hmm. they could really they really aren't all that skilled. Um whereas these Nepali people are like so, so talented, obviously. Like they're literally just like sprinting up and carrying other people's gears and stuff.
0: Yeah. Not only that, but they like live up up in the mountains. So like their breathing and all that stuff is just like it's like normal to them. Like
1: yeah, the main guy in this documentary, he like went to some like sports science lab mm-hmm. and they had him ride you know those masks where you like limit the amount of oxygen intake you can yeah. they had him like ride a bike at a certain mm-hmm. like a stationary at a certain pace and do these small mental, you know, exams um, while he was doing it. And they had him do it for three minutes. And they said, like, they've had, like, world-class cyclists tap out at 90 seconds. So, they did it for, like, double the time that, you know, athletes who, you know, ostensibly have massive lung capacities uh, to do it. And, like, we've never seen this before. And it's and it's probably because, at least in part, because he uh, grew up in the mountains.
0: Yeah. And so, was that guy, he was a Sherpa? Or was he just, like, an average person there?
1: No, he's kind of a beast. He was i I guess like the nepali nepal has like a certain like a particular like special ops unit and they work with like um you know western countries um and then from there he joined the british special forces so he was like in really good shape and knew how to navigate but he didn't start climbing until like you know eight years ago or something Mm. like
0: that yeah so it was just kind of wild yeah, I mean it is when whenever like any like football team or like basketball team goes to like Denver, everyone talks about that. And I mean it definitely is something that is is true. Um, speaking of that, fourteen peaks. This kind of reminds me of. Have you seen the uh, Netflix documentary? Um, it's called The River Runner. It's about the guys that kayak like the giant rivers like around Everest, like in Nepal and like Iran, I think have you heard about that no i haven't they're like these like white water like kayakers and they're they're essentially like four rivers that come down from everest and like the glacier water and essentially what this this guy there's only been one guy to like complete these four rivers like ever and so it just like takes takes you through um him doing it and he did, like, the first three, like, 20 years ago. And then, like, took a really long break from, like, kayaking. And, like, there's, like, three or four of the people that did the first three with him, like, died. And it's oh, just, like, shit. crazy. Because, I mean, people are kayaking on these, like, giant, like, whitewater rafting, um, like, rivers. And there's rocks and shit and they have to, like, you have to study for months, like, the different way you're gonna go, and then you're Mm -hmm. on the river for, like, a month, so, like, obviously, you're tired, and, like, you're sleeping on rocks on the side of the, uh, like, riverbank, um, but, yeah, so, I guess he, he took a 20-year, like, hiatus, and then he got back into it with, like, a younger group of kids, um, and then he, like, did the, the last one he did was the biggest one, and had the, had the longest like decline it was the longest distance um but it, it's kind of like along along those same lines of just humans doing crazy shit for no reason
1: <laughs> and no particular reason the other thing i was thinking about when you when you were talking about the ultra runners was um iron man's i didn't really fully appreciate how crazy iron man's are until you know you you run the marathon or even you like get close to it because like a full-on Ironman, or like there's like certain there's different types of Ironmans, but one of them is like you run a marathon, you ride a bike for a hundred miles, and you swim like three miles. And just like imagining having to do that is just, I think it's, I think it's swim bike run. So when your legs are the most gas, you have to run an entire marathon. Yeah, that uh, it just seems crazy. How I don't really understand why people. I mean, I understand why people do it. Yeah. But that seems particularly
0: grueling. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to be just like kind of wired different for that. Have you ever been on like a longer bike ride before? Um,
1: no, not that I can remember. Like, no, I haven't. Really.
0: Yeah, I haven't either. I've never really been. I think like the longest one has been like five miles or something like that, or maybe I, three. I, I to Burlington I and one.
1: back once with my parents. That was like what, maybe twelve. You should know. You tried to run there.
0: Yeah, that that didn't work out very well. We won't talk about that.
1: Okay. not protect your status. <laughs> I don't
0: have I don't have much of a status. It's all right. <clears throat> um, but what so? 12 miles yeah that's pretty far so just times that by 10 and then run the marathon
1: and swim three miles swim from like burlington to shelburne and back maybe (laughs)
0: yeah i don't i don't really i mean i feel like it's just people that are built like one, like one person does that. And then another person's like, Oh, well I bet I can do that faster than you. Like there's some people like I consider myself a like super competitive person. Um, but I'm only competitive in like certain things and obviously like long distance running and shit like that. I just have no interest probably because it is also a huge time commitment. Like those people that are doing those Ironman things like that's probably their full-time job. I'm assuming or they're just, like, all they do is work and do that. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I, I think, I mean, I think, yeah, no, I think it's, like, probably the latter. Like, I feel like most of those people are definitely doing some combination of biking, swimming, and running, like, most days, which has to be. Like, just to run five miles is, you know, probably, like, an hour for most people. And then, what, like, you're going to bike or swim, too? I don't know. a lot of time
0: you you gotta sleep too and eat food yeah so do you want to talk a little bit about um your travels i know you recently went uh because you had a month off between working do you want to talk a little bit about about your trip yeah sure uh
1: i went to well so i guess that the impetus was i had a month off Mm -hmm. and i wanted to go to san francisco with my girlfriend Um, but flights were just, and like the timing of flights was just not going to work out. So we were just like sitting around and I just looked up like New York to Europe and the cheapest one was to Rome. Um, like, Oh, maybe I should do that. And so I could kind of sat on it for a couple of days and then, uh, ended up doing it and just like found a buddy to come with me. And so we went to Rome, Florence and, um, Venice and I think like eight days quite the way.
0: Okay. And was that your first time in Italy, or were you there when you were living there during college?
1: Um, No. Yeah, when I studied abroad, we went to Milan, but really we spent most of the time, most of the weekend in Lake Como, so like very north, northern Italy. And Uh I guess one of the places I always wanted to go when I was abroad but didn't get to was Rome, so it's kind of fitting that it was the most... It was the cheapest place to go. And here I wanted to go.
0: Yeah. So you you hit all the big spots the uh, Colosseum, Pantheon. I'm trying to think. Is the Trevi Fountain in Rome?
1: It is, yes. I'm
0: trying to think what else is there?
1: Um, Vatican. The Vatican was my favorite. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That place is crazy. Is the
0: Sistine Chapel in the Vatican?
1: It is, yeah.
0: All right, I'm not Catholic, so... No,
1: I'm not a Christian, so... <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I'm not Not much. <laughs> so the Vatican was your coolest coolest place for you? Yeah,
1: I, I, I think it was most... Well, one, it's just, like, so beautiful. Like, everything's so manicured. But also, yeah. I didn't really know what I was getting into. Like, you basically go... It's, like, the only... Attract, well, there's two attractions, I think. It's, like, St. Peter's, which is, like, the massive mm-hmm. basilica. And then the Vatican Museum... And I don't really know what I was getting into with the Vatican Museum, Um, but it's basically like a collection of various things like throughout the ages. So it starts in like ancient Egypt and sort of works its way through the Roman Empire and um, medieval Europe and whatnot. It's basically just like everything the popes have collected. They were pretty wealthy (laughs) back in the day. Um, So... It was just massive. It was so massive. There's so many cool things there. And we were just kind of like, we thought we were going to spend like three hours there. We ended up spending, you know, six or seven Damn. just looking at everything. Um, and yeah, it, it basically you walk through it. Like there's only one way to get to the Sistine Chapel and you have to walk through the entire museum. Um, and then you end the tour basically in the Sistine Chapel.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no no talking in the Sistine Chapel, right? No, it's No talking.
1: Yeah, no, it was. I mean, it was honestly like something out of like comedy shows. Like you walk in, and everyone, you know, most people are trying to be respectful, but mm. then there's like people talking, not even that loudly. Maybe just like observing things. There's some people who are just like so oblivious. But then you're not supposed to have your phones out, and yeah. people are like so oblivious, which is like <laughs> ridiculous because you walk past so many signs that mm. you know are clearly saying the rules. And then, so they have this like well-dressed Italian guy on like the, it's not a stage, but it's an elevated spot in the front of the chapel. And um, he has this microphone and he just goes, please, no phones, no talking. And he would just continually say it because <laughs> no one would listen to him. Like, okay, well, there's kind of defeating the purpose if you're just constantly getting on the mic yeah, and man. telling people to not talk. And <laughs> it's like, he always is doing it in English. <laughs> of course.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. That's. Can you please be quiet? That's very funny. So just the the whole vibe was kind of thrown off from seeing it.
1: No, 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 no. I, no it was still incredible, and mm. like we had guided tours, so we were kind of were like zoned out. Not yeah. guided, tour, like the little audio things.
0: Yeah, yeah. No
1: um, I mean. So you are kind of zoned out from what was going on. Really, what distracted from it was it was like hour seven, and we had barely had that much to eat and it was like so hot in there so I was literally felt like I was gonna faint um, which I don't think would have been very good given the setting
0: yeah and in a foreign well it, yeah in because the Vatican's a foreign country right then yeah Italy
1: yeah it's wild like you can basically walk in to a different country and no one's gonna stop you but then you realize that there's like other parts of the vatican that are like very well guarded that yeah. no one can really go to yeah at least mm. tourist not
0: yeah it's like a touristy little area um but yeah so outside of that i'm assuming you you ate some good food there um
1: some tasty treats
0: yeah is there is there anything like you had there that you like didn't know existed like as far as like italian food or something no that surprised i mean you?
1: It was interesting. Well, yeah, I guess the surprising thing was, like, you know, you always, obviously think of, like, good food when it comes to Italy. And the food was really good. But, like, you know, like if you go, if you're, in, like, New York City or Boston, I feel like, you know, you have, like, standout restaurants that you want to go to. Because, like, all the food is really good. And, like, re- restaurants definitely try to, like, differentiate themselves. But when we were there, it very much felt like every single restaurant served the same fucking thing. And it was... You know italian food
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um which i guess isn't really all that surprising in retrospect but when we were there it was like well i don't know is this going to be good and so we would go down like my friend ate a lot of pasta i tried to like be a bit more expansive um mm-hmm. well, i guess everything was really good my favorite thing was i got um some octopus and uh squid ink pasta those are my favorite
0: yeah, I've only had squidding pasta once, I think. It was actually in uh, Vermont. What is the name of that place? It's like under...
1: Oh, yeah. I know you, I Ch- tra- tra- yeah, Tratalia D'Elia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know if I'm saying that right, but... Good eats. It's just kind of like squidding pasta is just kind of... I mean, it's a different color. It tastes the same. It's kind of cool, but...
1: Well, this one was like it was weird. I thought it was just gonna be a different color, but it there was like co- there's something else in it. Um, too, that made it more seafoody. It was really good.
0: Oh really? They like added something into it?
1: Yeah, I wish I could remember. It was some sest ses- ses- pod, whatever the same family as squids and octopus
0: are. I have no idea. I'm not I'm not the, the science expert.
1: I'm kind of big on octopuses right now i just watched a documentary on netflix Did, that blew my mind
0: was it my o- octopuses keeper or something is, is that their name my octopuses teacher teacher that's what it is yeah i've seen that amazing the, yeah i honestly don't really fully remember what happened but i do remember i had the same kind of uh thought Definitely process here
1: you. once or twice yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, aside from the food in Italy, like, I don't know. It was an exhausting trip. I came back and I was like, I don't want to go to another place just to be in a different city for a while. So, live and you learn.
0: <laughs> why, why were you exhausted? You, why were you exhausted? It's
1: because like you were constantly moving. Like you had shit to see. Yeah. Um, because we are only there for like seven or eight days and, uh. I just felt like we had a packed agenda. And then, like, I don't know, like, Venice was cool because it's, like, so unique. But mm-hmm. Rome and Florence, are just, like, I mean, there's cool stuff in Rome. Florence, though, everyone loves Florence, and it was beautiful, but it just felt like a, you know, modern European city, which it is. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, this is nice. There's some cool museums, but I'd rather go, you know, see some some beautiful nature that's, you know only in that one spot
0: well yeah i mean hey that's that's the next trip you gotta go on and that is something we'll that see. i've i've felt is it's kind of funny when you
1: famous for like riding the train every day because he lived in wilmington delaware and you'd like mm-hmm. take it to dc every morning which looks so stupid because <laughs> it's like an hour and a half or two hours yeah but
0: he's a working. But he also, he's a working man he's blue collar commutes to I work every day so. it's just like
1: shit i don't know i wouldn't want to do that but um either him or hunter biden like ha- w- were involved with amtrak
0: i mean I it might have been probably a little bit of both maybe i don't know yeah. we'll, we'll have the people fact check us on that um mm-hmm. but what was i what was i going to say oh yeah did you see that coal coal production or coal usage went up in america last year i think
1: positive strides or i think it's clean <laughs> coal though
0: oh okay
1: yeah I, maybe there should have been like an asterisk or something because you know they are bringing back clean coal
0: yeah which what does that mean
1: it means nothing it's just what trump would say to make people think that coal was clean <laughs> obviously you need it out well because obviously you need to stop using coal like it's yeah. not good for the environment but you also need to you know if you're trump you need to like win west virginia yeah so you can't say we're not going to get rid of coal but like there's really <laughs> no way around it unless you're just saying like i don't fucking care about the environment so i think yeah. you say
0: clean coal i did see i think it was maybe a couple of weeks ago um i think it was scotland it was it was one of those like smaller countries in Europe. They like blew up their last coal plant as like, a am trying to think of the word, but like a momentous occasion, like that they're like coal free and they won't be using it anymore going forward. It's obviously, I think a lot easier to do that in a smaller country cause you're dealing with less people. And I feel like making any decision is easier when you have less people. And especially in America, we have so many different cultures too. Um, but we're getting there. Yeah,
1: I mean, begrudgingly, I think, I think at some point people are just gonna have to like accept that they're unhappy with some things and happy with others. Because I, I, don't think, especially nowadays when everyone's so divided on like every issue, it's just, mm-hmm. like, it seems hard to reach a con- reach a consensus on anything. Yeah, um, especially coal. Well, that's like the whole like Joe Manchin thing from West Virginia. Like he. Is like he's a Democrat, but he, you know, often disagrees with the Democrats, largely because mm. he's got to serve his base in West Virginia, who aren't, you know, the latte liberals.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with Vermont's Governor Phil Scott. Like, he's a Republican, but I mean, he—if I mean, you ask anyone outside of Vermont, like, is this guy a Republican based off of like what he does and what he says? They probably wouldn't wouldn't say that.
1: Yeah, I want. I kind of like. Sometimes I wonder if like, like, are people just voting for him because he's a Republican? Because like the way the like I think the state government set up is like that counties are like equally weighted mm,
0: because otherwise it would
1: always be a Democrat. Yeah, right? like if Burlington and if a Chittenden County had the like had a the proportionate say, or I feel like that's where most of the people live and that's very it's like a very democratic place
0: yeah i don't know i actually don't know how like vermont i don't even really know how governor our governor's elections do like you get do counties get like electoral points
1: i don't know i think i mean i'm just like i don't know if that's true or not i just feel like that has to be because otherwise like how are we constantly having republican governors
0: well, the last guy was Democrat, right? Oh, Shumlin yeah. Shumlin with the nose, and then the other guy Shumlin. was. I think people just honestly like Phil Scott.
1: Phil Scott. I feel like like the Republican Party could just like nominate someone like Phil Scott and like stop being ridiculous. <laughs> like he seems like a pretty normal normal dude. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just looking at his. I'm looking at his mugshot right now wikipedia (laughs) he has got a pretty big nose too not shumlin big but pretty big dude
0: (laughs) shumlin was like fucking what's the despicable me guy's name yeah grew
1: don't be dragging
0: grew he's my boy well i'm just i'm just talking about his nose i'm not talking about him as a person is that your all-time favorite um kids movie
1: Despicable Me. I mean, it has a sick soundtrack. I think like Tyler the Creator and Pharrell are on it, so I mean, it's kind of got to be up there. does it, but actually. Favorite. Oh yeah.
0: Well, isn't isn't Happy? Because did, what didn't Happy come from yeah. that movie, or was it the second one? Yeah. I I mean I'm just lumping them all
1: together. They're great. I I recommend Despicable by Pharrell. I think it's called. You know, I don't really remember what it was called But yeah, you know, do some googling There's only a few of them out there But
0: uh, Oh yeah, Pharrell's all over this
1: Some Pixar's gotta be up there really, I mean, I would say Toy Story But they've sort of like ruined that
0: by what, making what do so you mean many. they've sto- ruined it?
1: Well, the, there's, like there's, five toys, there's like four or five yeah. Toy Stories now
0: No, I'm pretty sure there's three There, might, no, there's be, definitely, there might be four there is a there's a new uh, buzz coming out too. Have you seen that? Yeah,
1: exactly. Like it's just like ugh, it's annoying.
0: Well, dude, I mean it, um, it's Disney. They're money making machine. now. come on.
1: I know, but like I like no. There's a Toy Story five coming out in 2022. Are you kidding
0: me? Is there actually? I didn't know. that. Yeah,
1: it just it just ruined. Whoa. Well,
0: that's so. That's what I. Um, I listened to this podcast about this guy that was, t- uh, that wrote a book about like how Hollywood is like too commercialized now. And it's like, I mean, obviously it has been for a while, but like now it's like, like you said, like it's just Toy Story like five, like there's going to be Toy Story like 10 and like all the Marvel shit. And like it, like that stuff isn't like what's groundbreaking anymore when it comes to like film. Like the, yeah. Like, I mean, all the cool stuff that people are watching that's never been seen before is not in like theaters and stuff like that. It's like yeah, all well, on I the see- streaming platforms and
1: so- Right. Well, I feel like part of it, at least at least in part, is like um like I feel like with Toy Story or like Star Wars or Marvel, like all of these like studios can sort of um project out their like revenues because they're Mm -hmm. like okay so like this this last film that's like pretty similar to what we're about to make made x amount of money so it's like it's almost like a safer bet yeah versus like making a film and putting money into it and then sort of being like at the mercy of people's reaction to it
0: well yeah i mean you can make the mandalorian which was awesome like i've seen every episode and they just came out with like the bubba fett um Like series which is essentially almost the same thing it's like the same world like very a lot of the same characters um and it's like a like a mandalorian like it i mean you don't have baby yoda but like (laughs) it's like pretty much the same thing and um, i'm sure it's doing well i haven't seen any of the new um episodes but yeah i mean it's it's and like you said it's safer for if you're a studio executive and you're In charge of everything you don't want to get fired you're obviously gonna play it safe rather than um worrying about something i mean i feel like every movie that comes out is one of the largest blockbuster movies like spider-man that just came out i haven't really like dove into the numbers and a lot um but every movie that comes out seems to break records that
1: movies do you watch those movies
0: Marvel, no. I haven't seen... So, I've seen a couple of them. That's, like, the one, like, I consider myself, like, kind of up on pop culture stuff. But Marvel, I just... I mean, I understand, like, I know about Thanos and, like, I know the characters. But I don't... I haven't seen any of the movies.
1: I always wonder, like, how... Like, who's watching these things? Like, you go to like, the most popular videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's like, who in the world is watching these things? Like... I don't know. It's always surprising. I don't know anyone I, like. I feel like you're probably the most likely of my friends to like watch Marvel or you know whatever. You stay pretty up to date. Yeah. Like I don't know. Very
0: strange. Yeah. One thing I do agree with you. The YouTube thing is weird because like I I sometimes go on trending on YouTube because um, I unfortunately consume too much YouTube, but um, it's another story. But it's, like, all these people that just, like, in videos I would, like, never click on. But I I feel like the majority of the audience of YouTube is, like, younger kids than us. So that's why we don't understand it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, like, internet. It's more internet. Well, I guess movies are, like, blockbusters are, like, international, too, right? But I don't know. I feel like YouTube's definitely more international.
0: Yeah. 100%. And, like, there's just people that, I mean, there's a lot of people, kids out there that are like in school and they get home at like three o'clock or whatever. And they have, they have a lot more time on their hands than me and you that are working. Like whether it's nine to five or y- even more. Yeah.
1: I just tend to watch YouTube in the wee hours of the night when I really shouldn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, that is one thing that I, I, i think youtube might be my most used social media personally
1: yeah i've been trying Maybe to I, like deleted, but... I deleted instagram and uh snapchat sometimes i'll redownload instagram when i get really bored
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but i try to stay off of it i just like find that i spend way too much time on it when i have it it's yeah. like a reflex to open it
0: yeah definitely yeah, and it is kind of scary when you like do something on your phone and you're like wait, did I just like do something like cuz it's so yeah, like exactly. muscle memory. It's like it's almost scary. Yeah.
1: I agree. I it's like I don't know. I think one of the things I've been trying to be better about is just like being more mindful of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not really working out that well, but the the phone is like the easiest cuz I can just like delete an app and um not have to worry about it
0: yeah yeah i mean i guess the the next level of that is just like trying to get a flip phone or something but i'm definitely (laughs) my roommate's like best
1: friend has a flip phone really like a full-on functioning adult has a flip flip phone i'm kind of envious but like one time he was over and we were trying to go to a bar and i was like oh like just call an uber and he kind of was like he's
0: like what <laughs> i can't yeah that's Look, like that sucks i feel like that's one thing and then like i use apple wallet a ton so like that's super convenient and like for example like if you're yeah. flying like your boarding pass is right on there because i i lose everything and so like mm-hmm. if i can just have one thing that like does everything for me i even when i because i travel down to dc for work and I don't know if you've experienced this at a hotel, but they put your room key on your phone now. So you just like Yeah. At like certain I think it probably depends on the hotel. This is like a Hilton, I think. Um, but it's it's essentially just like Apple Wallet where you it's not in your Apple Wallet, but it's in their app and you just like hmm. pull it up and when you're at your door, <sighs> your door just unlocks and you walk in. It's kinda cool. You think like
1: it was ever gonna become like excessive, like I get the value in that, but I, I also feel like it's sort of bordering on just, like, is that really necessary? Like, do I need to download an app to get my key? Probably Whereas probably I can not. just carry around a little, you know, plastic thing in my pocket for a couple of days. I don't know. I, I, I don't think that's excessive, but I wonder if it's, like, if we're ever going to reach a point where it's, like, uh, too much.
0: Probably. I don't know. I just, like... Because I have like a card holder. I don't necessarily have a wallet because I like, I never carry cash on me either. So, like, Mm -hmm. even just like putting one more card in there, like, kind of makes my life more difficult. Um, Yeah. But another thing is, I know, I think this rolls out either this year or next year, but um, a couple states are putting their uh, like state issued ID on an Apple wallet which is kind of interesting that like you can have your driver's license on there.
1: Interesting. Well, I have my COVID that vac- my COVID pass on my
0: Apple wallet. Can I, can I put that on mine or is that a New York thing?
1: I think it's a New York. It's definitely the thing I have is a New York thing, but I don't know if other States are doing I know One not.
0: of my friends texted me and sent me like some link where I can access it online, but I don't know if we have, that would be cool. But yeah,
1: it's like, it's, it's cool, but, and you'll definitely need to remember this, but, like, if you go out to a bar and your phone's dead, you can't get in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I that is very once, true.
1: And I had to, like, sweet-talk the bouncer. And then, fortunately, my girlfriend, like, could get texted one of my friends who had a screenshot of the past. But, yeah. like, I don't know. It just like the kind of, it, it was definitely an afterthought.
0: Yeah, and I'm always so bad about like charging my phone before going out. <laughs>
1: I kind of like it though. Sometimes I'm like, "Oh, if my phone dies, it dies, whatever."
0: Yeah, but how how is that in New York? I'm actually kind of curious uh, because like our vaccine. Um, like you have to have a vaccine to go into somewhere. I think that starts this weekend. How much are people actually like enforcing that? Like, is it like everywhere that's, you go, or like some places, or most places?
1: No, that's been in effect since like like early summer. But well, no, the, I know. Interesting. I'm
0: saying, I'm saying here in Boston they're putting it in.
1: No, I no, know, I know. In New York, they it's been in effect since like early summer. They were checking vaccine card, checking vaccine yeah. cards. But then like. I don't really know what changed because when they first announced it, it was not enforced at all. Mm -hmm. And then you like, kind of like got to like, we we got to the point where like bars would like be like, okay, vaccine card and ID. Um, and that's like basically everywhere. I think it's at like most restaurants too. Now, Mm -hmm. if you want to eat inside, actually all restaurants. Yeah. Um, but like, oh yeah, Like my first day of work, I went out to lunch. We were in the office and we went out to lunch with people and I left my personal phone at my desk. I was like, I don't want to bring it because I, like, I have a work phone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't want to carry on two phones. And we sat down and they asked for vaccination card. Back. Fortunately, they never came back to ask. But it was just yeah. like, well, that's an inconvenience.
0: Yeah. But yeah, there is, to your point, it does kind of seem like like there will be eventually a time where it's like, all right, do we really need this on your Apple, f- Apple phone? And then not only that, but just giving Apple, not that they necessarily have access to this, all this stuff, but it's like, is that the right thing to do?
1: I think we should just get it implanted in their like wrists, <laughs> like all the various passes or like, yeah, if I'm, you just I'm, had I'm, one
0: sure, I'm sure people would go for that.
1: <laughs> if you had like one, I mean, I think they could just roll it. If you were Bill Gates, would you? Um, well, just have like one master QR code in your wrist. Like you had an app that interfaces with the wrist, and anytime you wanted to like add like you know a plane ticket or something, you just put it. You just send it to your wrist.
0: I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, that's. I don't know if that would be part of like the Elon Musk like neuralink thing, but I'm assuming it could be integrated in where you wouldn't even necessarily have to scan something. It's just, like, in your brain, and they scan it or something? I don't
1: know. I don't know. I don't really trust the neural thing. I feel like it's pretty dystopian.
0: Well, I mean, it's very... I mean, all the new technology coming out is very dystopian. The metaverse and... I mean...
1: Oh, the metaverse scare is, like, terror- it's like up, basically. Yeah, it is. Kind so, of. Whoa, well, we're just going to sit around in chairs all day and act like we're living real life
0: yeah have you seen the new matrix movie or have any interest in seeing
1: it i yeah i started to watch it and it was just terrible and also i didn't really understand what was going on but it was largely just not that enthralling. that's another fucking movie that goes to our points like
0: yeah the franchise
1: yeah it's like okay, we uh, the last Matrix movie was probably made like the mid two thousands, like definitely at least ten years ago. Like,
0: mm-hmm. you could. I think it might have been longer. Than put it to rest.
1: Too. Yeah. I don't, well, the first one came out in nineteen ninety nine. so I'm assuming shortly oh, after.
0: Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, seems like the conversation is kind of dying down. Is is there anything else you want to? Get off your chest before we end this, or no,
1: I don't think so. It was a pleasure. All everything right. I wish for and more.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. Um, hopefully, this yeah. leads to a uh, future appearance. Um, I
1: think um, we, we should have a group one at BOMO
0: <laughs> a, a group one at BOMO yeah. A group podcast. I've yet to do that because I only have two mics right now. So um but yeah, we should we should certainly get that going.
1: It could lead to a lot of fruitful discussions.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. De- I feel like it's definitely easier to have discussions when you have multiple people.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, buddy. It
0: was good talking. All right. Cool.
2: To slow jamming. Oh baby, we can even make you an overnight celebrity. Know what I'm saying? Right. So Why don't we play something these pros alike? Dry whips I know they like Twister you toe to ride right. make you a celebrity overnight Give you ice like Kobe ride right? We sort of like Goldie ride right? The way we modem ride right? make you a celebrity overnight Girl I see you in the mouth about them am shit, up on your back I wanna know your name Girl I'm just like I your brains Put you in the chameleon nofo range Celebrity overnight Give you ice like Kobe ride right? We sorta like Golden ride The way we go ride make you a celebrity overnight Play something these pros are like Drive whips I know they like Twister you told a ride right? to make you a celebrity overnight Give you ice like Kobe Celebrity overnight Do that thing up, mommy, make it roll Once you pop, pop, lock it for me, girl, get low With your mama, gave it to you, baby, girl, let it show Once you pop, pop, drop it for me, baby, we could roll Pop, oh. Pop, lock, and drop Pop, 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 i hey.